0: Things perfectly. You're wonderful.
1: For those of you joining us, Sean and I have a pre Lord of ritual. At? We have a pre Lord of <laughs> ritual where Sean claps and I attempt to clap in unison, but because of remote, there is a weird lag time, and Sean doesn't believe me that I clap in time with Well, it's always like,
0: clap. <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's the delay on it. So it's like, mm, <laughs> I don't know how much I believe in that, but. Let's throw all that conversation in the dumpster because it's time for time for you to get dumped on, audience.
1: Oh, I just smashed my head into my microphone. That was. So I'll fun. cut
0: it out. Well, welcome to the Lord Dump <laughs> a podcast, where we build a world before your
1: very ears. And boy, do we build it! We build it hard, and we build it good. We build it sturdy, loud, we and build fast. it strong. Yes, it's a it's it's a good world we have built, Sean. I like it.
0: it. It's it's coming it's coming together. So far, we've got a continent on it so it looks pretty good
1: there's a dragon huh there's dragon horn there's some <laughs> gods there's that is space true. chicken there's so there, much
0: there's more off the con or off the planet than there is on the planet i think currently. that's true
1: we really get carried away with our like we should astral stuff fix that. <laughs>
0: eh. going let's forward. just have
1: like a single continent and then everything's going on in space i'm kidding be cool. hey oh i'm josh aka the governor and who are you sean i'm
0: sean aka mr Shickadance. <laughs>
1: yeah i did it it's,
0: i did it without feeling bad about myself such that's good a good
1: introductions. i'm We're lying really to you audience great. stop lying to our friends they like it it's true Hey, what's the show about, Sean? What are, We, we already did show? that part. We did that part. We're
0: far enough in where people, if you don't know what we're doing at this point,
1: you got to rewatch those other episodes because it's, it's pretty <laughs> self explanatory at this point. No more context for anyone. Hey, Sean, since everyone knows exactly what we're doing in this show, right? Can we just go straight into if they know what they're doing or if they know what we're doing? boy i am just not sentencing great
0: hey today. josh if someone wanted to how would they get involved with this show let's go there next you fucking sociopath
1: <laughs> i'm struggling well you know if they wanted <laughs> to get involved with the show there are a couple ways they might do it uh they might go ahead and send an email to lord at gmail.com that's, that's a one. really good way to do it That's one. with that's their the fr- questions and stuff like that it's probably the or best way to do it they might look us up on our socials at the lore dump on Instagram and the Twitters, the, the Twosphere—that's wolf- what the cool kids call it—is the Twosphere. We've only got two. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. If you if you tweet things at us, questions at us, we'll we'll hit you up with an answer in our show, uh, which is the second part of this show. So stay tuned for that later, where we answer some questions. But first, first Sean, ba, 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 da, you know what we're talking da, da, about today? Do, 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 do. Football. Can you guess? What? What's what? Don't do that to me that immediately i had a response of anxiety <laughs> even though it was a bit i was like oh no we're talking
0: about food, sports uh i think today what we've barely touched on discussing is building out our own little race of people on this planet this this little speck of egg we got floating through space
1: and we kind of we kind of talked a little bit about in our pantheon episode, whichever one that was, about the role of devils and the abyss yes. in our world and how that came to be, mm-hmm. and a real important race to a lot of people in D and D canon is the Tieflings. The Tieflings, of course, and an infernal lineage.
0: People won't stop playing as Tieflings. They
1: love them. They won't. It's a big, big fan favorite it's
0: a big fan favorite it's a big me favorite tieflings are pretty rad have you played a lot of tieflings i have played exactly one tiefling (laughs) same in your one shot actually
1: played a tiefling in a one shot i ran
0: yeah the godzuki one shot oh yeah i was a tiefling barbarian
1: you were a tiefling barbarian that's true Mm -hmm. with a dump stat
0: in strength and constant.
1: (laughs) the first time we ever played DD together
0: yeah yeah it was pretty fun
1: memories we need to put All in like a dee 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 in like a little sound moonlight. effect.
0: I'll, I'll edit okay. in Miranda Cosgrove from School of Rock singing that song from Cats.
1: Perfect. Thank so you. I appreciate it
0: are uh, a a race of being that have some sort of uh, devilish ancestry. Is that correct, Josh? Is that what I'm remembering?
1: That is correct. That is just absolutely spot on.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Thank you for being so nice to me. So uh, I mean. <laughs> How would something like that, this tiefling race, this race of evil, uh, gross, uh, ancestrally gross creatures uh, come to be in our world? Where should we start? Let's
1: let's make a point of clarification. And I know you're doing this for a bit, but no races should ever be inherently evil.
0: That is the first point. That is very good. No, Uh, nothing is inherently evil, mm -hmm. except for like devils and demons specifically but not tieflings
1: yes there's 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 no inherently (laughs) genetically inherited evil in most spaces so consider that when homebrewing your races and uh and take a look at those forced alignments on some of the races and be like "Mm, maybe no what causes them to behave in this way if they are xenophobic why are they xenophobic right Mm -hmm. that's correct Because they're very, slavers, why are they slavers?
0: Very good stance and a very good thing to say right off the top when thinking about a race. I'm being arrested. For ah, good. Own.
1: Finally, the police got Plagiaristic ideas. So that disclaimer said, my apologies for just forcing that in there. That but, disclaimer
0: said, all of them are evil. They can't escape it. It's in their blood. They're dirty fiend demons. How dare
1: they? <laughs> so <laughs> tieflings are pretty, like, well sussed out in the book. In regards to, like, uh, tieflings are hugely varied, and I think that's part of the complexity of working them into our world in which they've got a somewhat different canon. So I think we need to define what we're keeping and what we're throwing out the window, uh, and then we can replace based on that, right? That's true. Do you have any other starting points you would start with?
0: I would take a look at what's already there. Usually this is what I do. I take a look at what they have already in the book mm-hmm. and then i see how it would be different like flavor wise um Perfect. because most of the time people who want to play in your games they don't know what your lore is they just see what the book has to offer and if they can find there it on dnd beyond they're going to bring it to your table and be like is this okay yep. so that's usually the mind space i come at it from so once you have that sort of hammered out you can go ahead and work with that player to see what they want to play what mechanics work with them, and then change the flavor to fit your world more than like, I think creating from scratch. Exactly. Mechanically speaking, that way you can keep you, the balance of the game
1: set. You have to keep that book stuff, like especially the PHB stuff. You have to maintain it in some way, shape, or form. I mean, like there are alterations you can make, like from a fluff perspective and and minor yeah. adjustments, but from like a larger balance perspective, it's important to maintain all of that. So again, what are we keeping? What are we throwing out the window? Is, is the question then. They have a lot of subclasses, a
0: lot of tiefling subclasses, or subraces, sorry. Races,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, because they have all these, essentially the infernal lin- lineages is the complexity here. Um, that's a Yeah, huge they also question. have
0: like the feral one that has wings or something like that. There's the one that can like do vicious mockery and can charm people. They've got a lot of different variants before you even get into the Mourningkynons. These are the nine hell lords, little tiefling
1: babies. But I think it's easy enough to fluff out those, like, the, the feral one as just a, like, the type of devil, right? Like, whatever Inferno. so-and-so style devil. But with the Infernal Lineages, those are specific canonical lore characters to Faerun and the Sword Coast and all that that don't necessarily exist in our world. That is true. They?
0: Um, I mean, we probably have to hammer out a little bit more of the hills before we just say this is what tieflings are so let's start with the hells let's start with those dirty hells go to hell sean i go to hell and what do i find there i find uh you know i gotta say i'm actually a huge fan of the blood war and all that juicy lore it's so good it's so good it's my favorite and just announced the other day in boulders gate 3 it is it's ooh. it's fully you're going to literally at the start of the game you land in the middle of the blood war and you have to escape. Oh, that looks so
1: good. It looks so good. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, tasty. It's very. Not good. a sponsor, but hey, you should play Boulder's Gate 3 when it
0: comes. Play Boulder's Gate 3. It's going to be early access September 30th. Anyways, wow, that ad soon. is now over. <laughs> I think the we talked about this on an earlier episode where the um the dimension the abyss where demons come from is surrounding the plane of the nine hells that defensive layers of the nine hells that protect devils from demons yes uh, and vice
1: versa um yes they keep chaos essentially chaotic evil if we're using alignments a little bit again with a grain of salt the lawful evil devils protect Everything else from the chaotic evil demons, which are essentially attempting to spill out of their portion. So the Nine Hells are these lawful evil layers of, of hell that protect yeah. from the demonic plane, which is chaotic. Um, I will say this.
0: I think alignment is fine when describing like a society, mm-hmm. like what the general society is like, because devils are lawful evil. That is unarguable. Mm-hmm. They have structure. They have rules. They have laws that they follow they make contracts it's
1: weird it's their literal purpose for existence and again it's different with the playable races but when we're talking about things like devils and demons again it's a little bit different to it's it's easy enough to be like okay culturally this is their i mean it's their society literally they exist to do this uh the pact the the evil connection the bond the, the bargain yes um so that's and, but that's kind of how that works. Those helps for those of you who don't have the context there.
0: So I think th- keeping that as like an- another plane intact from like straight from uh, fifth edition is fine. Uh, especially if you want to like dip into a vernus for a few adventures, that's always fun. Uh, I like
1: that. So we're keeping everything, including the key devil figures
0: we're keeping most of the structures in place um and changing like how it interacts with our actual already
1: built world like because we semi-established right that essentially the devils can sense the souls the energy that is coming off the egg and that's what they're after these sentient life forms that's why they're making so here
0: is my proponent of how we change up the uh, blood war to fit with our setting okay i posit that the devils have a way to harness the energy that comes from the egg but the demons do not okay so the devils come to um our plane our planet to try and siphon the energy away from the egg but they can't access it because of the gods. So they had. that's their innate so they hatred of mortals. them. So they make deals with mortals to steal that energy once they perish. Beautiful. Or like, you know, in exchange for some sort of power, they, they take that energy away from them. And then they bring exchange. it back to the Nine Hells to fuel that war
1: it's all about siphoning those energies in various ways. That's really what we're doing here with all of our canon related to this egg is siphoning the life force. So the devils are making a pact and giving you something lucrative energy essentially from their plane so that they can siphon energy from the egg to combat the demons because they have this overarching war going on in the background that mortals aren't necessarily privy to. 100%. Beautiful. Oh, so much room for juicy story arcs and i
0: have literally the opposite of that for the demons and why they are so opposed to each other on all fronts is because the demons cannot harness this energy they come here specifically to just kill people and disperse it so that no one can claim it so it goes back into the
1: egg the demons are here to keep the devils from getting that sort of essentially or just try and
0: like remove as much of it as they can from being siphonable
1: and if the demons were to figure out that they could essentially win their war by shutting off this tap, they would focus in, and that's something for you as a DM to consider for a campaign hook.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: All Always good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. My like. So they're essentially wanting to usher in the end of all of this, um, whereas the devils are not. Okay, so we've established our our devil nine hells demon war blood war stuff. We know what we've got. We know what we're working with. What does that mean for our tieflings? It means our lineages stay the same.
0: Um, The lineages can stay the same, yes. I also like the fact that this demonic ancestry has now been infused with that energy from the egg by the gods. That's what tieflings mean, is that there's a bridging between the demon's footprint on this plane mixing with that Uh, When you say demon, you mean devil, right? Oh yeah, sorry, devil. The tiefling. (laughs) They're both the same thing. (laughs) I'm kidding, that's racist. Uh, So yes, that (laughs) devil energy, my bad, um, is mixing with this egg energy that the gods use to create people. So there is a sort of bridging of the two in a very unique way. And I think that um, tieflings are almost like extra sought after by devils because they are like this rare resource that's like that not only is that native energy from our plane but it's somehow married over with this energy from this plane that we're trying to siphon so i think they specifically like hunting tieflings
1: okay that makes a lot of sense so to take that another step forward is there an element here where the birth of a tiefling because you know there's a lot of there's always a lot of grayness around like was there intercourse between a devil and a mortal so on and so forth we could keep those things but another way a tiefling could form is that a soul a spirit an energy source from the egg was taken by the devils to fuel their war and had that connection with that nine hells made but then made its way back to Toreg becoming a tiefling of sorts like there is there is there's something to play with there in regards to like tieflings so could literally be a energy source in a past life right because we've got that weird life cycle here on Toreg yeah. that touches the nine hells and comes back a tiefling
0: interesting so it's like energy that has visited the nine hells and been corrupted in the uh the hells plane and then came back through Mm-hmm. that infernal back dimension in, the
1: egg in that life cycle. so it's
0: just infernalized soul energy. energy yeah that's awesome yeah. i like that that's really good oh, and again good. there's so many other ways this could happen that these are just two that we've posited where it's like devil gets down and dirty or the soul energy gets down and dirty and then comes back
1: there could be we could do something really neat with a subrace of tiefling that is specific to Toreg as well if we wanted to do that where if it's one of those ones that was taken to the Nine Hells and then returned to the cycle and then born, that means inherently that this being is born to parents that have no lineage to the devils. I like that,
0: and I also very specifically like what if another version of tieflings can be created from when devils break their pacts, when devils are the ones who break that contract. Like, they, they take the energy, and then that contract is then broken, and they have to and give it, it back unwillingly. It's almost ripped from
1: Yes. I like that, too. And that's how it gets back there, too, is that, yeah. Well, I love I the concept of, like, a tiefling that is a tiefling variant that is inherently in with Toreg's natural life cycle, like because it was originally... Druid. Yeah, tiefling druid. Exactly. That's what I'm envisioning. Like yeah. there's a tiefling that is more focused spiritually tune with the lands that it exists on. Mm-hmm. We could do a really cool subrace with that. We may have to visit that later.
0: I think that's really cool. And we can do cool things in the future after we get like the tiefling baseline down what all the ones mm-hmm. that already exist mean. We can yes. then dive into creating our own tiefling
1: so let's go down. Do we have a list of all the tieflings that we need to confirm will function within this structure we've created?
0: I mean, Maybe. we don't have to go down the whole list, but I think we've come up with a pretty good baseline where you could make up a thousand different reasons for why each tiefling it makes sense. could exist. Like There um, are
1: instances where a mortal will sleep with a devil.
0: Yeah, I can go on the there list if instances. you want.
1: Nah, it's fine. We're okay, thank you. Yourself. Just making sure. <laughs> cool. You didn't want to. Yeah, I'm fine. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, so we have the reason our devils exist. We have the reason our tieflings exist. And what
0: creates them. Mm
1: -hmm. Now, how does... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go for you go for it. Well, how does general society view tieflings? That was my question. Great minds. (laughs) How (laughs) does general society view tieflings? Knowing that this will vary from culture to culture, continent to continent, group to group. What's the general perspective?
0: general perspective i would say they since they don't know they're living on an egg and they don't know about that energy exchange completely untrusted Mm, they are not like it's not like blatant racism or it's like you should die and i hate you but it's like there's always that aspect of we don't know what you are and it's just general like myths and lore and like confusing stories about where they came from but so no very one much knows.
1: akin to the way they're t- treated in standard D&D settings I mean, not, a lot of the time
0: not all the time sometimes they're just like eh has a tiefling
1: yeah uh, uh, his, let's say historically per like the yeah. Gygax approach to it yeah why how do you um, feel
0: do you feel differently
1: no no i like that i think that's good yeah. um especially given i really am I am really tied to this um, because tieflings are not just created by a devil like sleeping with a mortal. The fact that parents could just have a tiefling with no context, like Mm -hmm. with no lineage to the nine hells, no infernal lineage. To me, that really screams like it's almost a some treat it like a curse, right? Like, why would why do these people have tiefling babies and maybe some some societies stigmatize that. Some societies might also celebrate it. Like if a tiefling is born to a family, that, like that's a sign of like something important, right? But depending on the society on the continent, yeah. we can kind of structure that further. But again, there's no you don't know it's coming, and then all of a sudden and you have this there is kid. no
0: rhyme or reason for it. It just happens. Yep. And I, but they attribute something to it. Like I almost like the idea of. Um, a society where people have tiefling babies they don't blame the tiefling they blame the parents
1: oh yeah that would like be really what did good. you
0: do wrong to be cursed with a demon child what have you
1: done to this poor child
0: or what have you done in your past to be gifted this cursed child that's not good. like that's really good people aren't like oh tieflings oh they're so gross and weird and i don't like them, but it's like yeah. oh your parents must have been fucking awful
1: the actual kids are fine, but their parents are like us, awesome. and that has implications yeah. and ramifications as well. Yeah, that's really good. We so we could do like you can when we're working on further continents and groups of people, we, like we can prescribe those perspectives to each culture.
0: Yeah, as well. Once we get every I also, race
1: done, I I really like the idea of again the inverse of that, and I touched upon it earlier. You have a tiefling kid, and culture goes, "Oh my god, you're blessed by the gods." Yeah, you. This is a blessing bestowed upon us they are to be brought into spiritual leadership in our community
0: that's fair yeah or you know they could be revered in arcane society because of their rarity how infrequent they are and Mm -hmm. what that means for the world I love that yeah awesome that's cool also how would the cult of the chicken feel about them probably pretty good the cult of the piece that together
1: well yeah i mean the thing with the cults of the chicken is they don't really understand the chicken that's that's fair so what context does the cult of the chicken have regarding what the astral chicken is and how toreg functions because the cults of the chicken wants to bring back the astral chicken so theoretically their end goal though they may not have the context is to crack open toreg and birth it
0: now once those energies mix the energy from the infernal plane and the energy from the egg is does that fuel the egg more if tieflings die is there someone going around and killing tieflings to strengthen the core of the egg wake it up faster do they have a do they try and kill tieflings
1: i think so and i think the cults of the chicken has an inherent tendency to align or utilize the demonic entities that cross over. So because they're
0: looking. Do you, so. Ooh, maybe the cult of that, the cult of the egg, is being like used by devils to hunt yes. down tieflings. So the devils can then take the
1: energy away yes and or or have the devils are happy to usher in the birth of this astral chicken cuz it means the tieflings will no longer be able to or not the tieflings the devils the will demons no longer want be able the to use egg the to demons want the egg to hatch
0: yes. yes the devils are the ones like hey kill all these tieflings and then they steal all their souls whereas the demons are just like kill all these tieflings and kill everybody and fuck everyone we're done
1: mm, so there's different perspectives there.
0: yeah they can be used for different ways these are your different. dm interpretations this is not what's happening in the world currently, this is what you want to decide to make it
1: <coughs> your consideration. Consider the so essentially, tieflings tend to be hunted by some of the more yeah gross aspects of the co- of our societies. Some of the yes. more world-ending sort of groups, mm-hmm. um, which puts them puts them generally speaking in a precarious position where they are born different, sometimes without any context. Mm-hmm. Uh, and societies then project their own meaning onto it, but also some of the darker elements of our lore want to abuse their existence um, to have advantage and to skew the balance of this planet in certain directions. It's all about balance. It's all about that balance, All about
0: balance. All about balance.
1: Balance affects our tieflings. A little bit
0: back, little bit forth. little bit Mm -hmm. back, a little bit forth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, that's really good. Yeah. So so we've defined them kind of culturally. We've defined them based on our lore and canon. Do yeah. we define them physically? Do we need to define them personality-wise? I hate to do that cuz I like to leave it. No, cuz that's all player based. Yeah.
0: What they look like is not going to change what they act like isn't going to change how their magic works. Pretty much the same, honestly. Yeah. It's that fiendish energy getting in there and mixing up the dna yeah um then sorry, i think what's that's left? left sean what's left for tieflings
1: yeah are there okay are there any prominent centers of tiefling culture on the planet are there i've done in the past where like uh in my emergence world which you've seen me run some one shots and there are like certain lineages of tiefling have gotten together in a space uh in a fairly isolated space and created their own society over hundreds of years so like there are blueskin tieflings living in a swampland region of one of my continents and they are connected to a devil who had that natural genetic alteration that created the blueskin and they all congregated in that space hundreds of years ago which led to them breeding more teethlings of that skin color and creating mm. a society. And because of the isolation, they kind of maintained that specific sort of um, aesthetic okay. and developed their own culture. Is that something we want to explore? Do we want to do like, or is there just a place where tieflings like are celebrated so much that it's become a large tiefling population?
0: I think how about this there's a place where tieflings are celebrated more because that is the spot where they are more likely to be made like they, so there there are more tiefling the... born to this region than any other region on the
1: planet okay and so they they're more regular and there's a portion of that that's become celebrated which means other tieflings migrate there which then continues to grow the tiefling population
0: that sort of weirdness isn't seen as prevalently in that part of the world so more of them tend to be born there and travel there
1: so two questions okay why is the density higher there initially like why are they born there more often and what are the societal and cultural implications of that place
0: um what does it look like once it's why are they more prevalent there i think would have to be some sort of bleed over from the infernal plane
1: so this is where the planes are weaker that there's that barrier to that
0: specific one is weaker around there for whatever reason either like historically there was some sort of invasion that left it weak or if it's just a I don't know something is trying to push through actively and is weakening it as time grows on
1: could we put a very cool dungeon sort of thing like let's say there's a city there let's say like there's this is on a new continent let's just say yeah not the elven continent this is continent number three we're not defining it extensively yet but continent number three there is a city that is highly populated by tieflings and sort of a mecca of sorts for tieflings a lot of tieflings will travel there the reason that the plane between the infernal plane and this plane is weak is because there was a gateway at one point constructed thousands of years ago that sits still under the city, inoperable and damaged beyond repair, so to speak. Our DMs can do with that what they want. But it may- there's still a bleed between the planes there, which is why the tiefling children are born more often in that space.
0: They incorrectly assume it to be decommissioned, mm-hmm. and it's still slightly bleeding
1: through. Yes, I think that's good. It's like a feedback almost yeah, cause which that causes would this.
0: Cause like almost uh an insane amount of tieflings to be born because there's that constant like bleeding over of energy mixing with the energy from this egg.
1: And we just got a new episode. We get to create the dungeon of the abyssal gate.
0: Oh, that sounds pretty dope, actually. I <laughs> like the sound of that. <laughs> mm. Wow. That's pretty good.
1: So we've got the city that they don't probably don't even know it's there, or a select few know that this this dungeon sits underneath this city.
0: I'm also gonna say that gate being there for so long has almost turned this land into like a desert. Mm-hmm. I was siphoned. thinking a desert aesthetic yeah. too. Of course you are, because they have fire resistance. Yes. Of course they're yes. gonna live in a desert. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um. I think that's amazing. I like that. I love but it. Now, now I want to build that continent.
1: Yeah, we, we need to get on this now. We, we need the elven. We've got to get back to the continents at some point. because yeah, we've got to do more cool. stuff in the
0: continents. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I really like that. I really like that whole idea for the city, too.
1: Yeah. Um, that could be really cool. Like, you know, maybe bring in some, like, Middle Eastern or Ottoman themes for aesthetic. Yeah. Oh, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Marketplaces, mm-hmm. gold. Yes! Hanging around. Big, big domed architecture. Hell like, yeah, dude. Oh,
0: Hmm. More and jagged edges because of
1: horns. Mm-hmm, yes, <laughs> taller doorways. Yeah. Um, lo- <laughs> Wider doorways. T shaped doorways. T shaped doorways. I love this this city so much already. It makes me want to play so a tiefling good. in this world really, really badly. Um, okay, so we've got the city. We just accidentally defined a lot of the characteristics of it, uh, and then inherently some of the culture surrounding it.
0: Yeah, this is what happens when you world build. You create mm-hmm. one thing and you end up five things down in a hole looking up going, fuck, I started Uh-oh. with trying to build a potion and now I'm in a new continent.
1: That's Ooh. weird. Oh, it's so good though. Yeah. This is great. This is beautiful. I love our tieflings. I
0: love, I love these them. little these little demony guys, devil guys.
1: Little, little devil tieflings. Now,
0: here's my question. At any point, are tieflings demonic? No, I don't think they are. I answer my own question.
1: I think their possession is... Is possible just like any other possession. Yeah, um, we treat those mechanics the same. Okay, because, because Fiddler the Nine Hells is so much exclusively and, and fiendish.
0: Like, yeah, yeah. Fiendish or exclusively, sorry, exclusively devil. devils because they're both fiends. Yes, exclusively devils for tieflings. Gotcha. Perfect. Oh. Okay, are there any oh. prominent historical tiefling figures? I know you love that fucking question.
1: I love that question so much. Something to do with the founding of this city?
0: Possibly. Or how about this? He led, or or she, they led, they led. the forces that destroyed the
1: uh, gate. So, here's our historical tiefling figure. Who's what I'm thinking. The gate was constructed by some sort of cults um some sort of devil worshipping cult long 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 ago uh, and perhaps it was the devils actually using the tieflings with their connection to them to construct it but this figure rose up against the overlords that were making them construct it against the devils that were controlling them and freed the tieflings in that time period from their devil overlords whoever that was right like Zagadomy or any of those prominent devil figures, mm-hmm. uh, and destroyed the gate and built the city on top of it for safekeeping, and then that's been lost to history. But the figure remains as the founder of this city. I love whomever it. Whomever they are, they
0: like yeah. The devils built the gate here to make essentially a, a foothold on this planet. And they that was just siphoning souls. It. Mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. siphoning this energy from new name.
1: Soulgate. Soulgate. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. So the Soulgate was constructed under the devil's direction by tieflings who were kind of being used and abused. And this figure, whomever it is, um, freed them from that.
0: Yes. Um,
1: And you know what? We've made a um, gender-identified male historic figure. I think we need to... to Female? Yeah, let's make them female. Sure. Um, I think that's right.
0: That's why I stopped myself, because I was like, what is he like? Well, no. What are they like?
1: (laughs) And we could take it another... We could make the society matriarchal to some extent in regards to, like, because of that historic relevance. We don't have to. There's no ramifications or or obligations there, but... But I like matriarchy. Sometimes this is like an inverse to to what you atypically see.
0: Well, that that could probably also come from the fact that tieflings are created th- through the process of being carried to term. Mm-hmm. Yes, like being carried while they're in uh, their mother's womb, they are sort of created as tieflings. So that's sort of where they see that from.
1: I love that. Yeah. So much. Perfect. Perfect stuff. And funnily Man. enough, this this early conversation on like gender in the world leads really well into our first question. So do we oh. want to go on to the question and answer section? Do we have anything else we want to want to establish here?
0: Um, I think we're actually pretty good at the tieflings. That, that took us a lot less time than I thought it would actually.
1: I, we really, once we got, we ripped We got, we ripped we got going and we're like, <laughs> we just eat it. Up. <laughs> <laughs> mm, these tasty tieflings. <laughs> no, 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 no. Love it. God, I love that lore so much. It's good. It's That's really good. good. Really good. Well, then in that case, Sean, it's time for part two of our show. Uh, uh, I love this part. It's a good part. This part I've right got here? some questions. And the first one is from our good friend and fellow D D player who plays on Conundrum Company over at the Welcome In with us. It's from Button.
0: Button? Uh-huh. Ah, they're a legend. Button is, so legend. Button is they, fantastic, fantastic, guys.
1: Watch them play DD on uh, the conundrum company at twitch.tv slash the welcome in and they do all kinds of cool stuff on TikTok and things. But anyway.
0: Peach buttons. does poetry. Peach <laughs> does poetry. That's what I call conundrum company now.
1: Peach does poetry. Peach this does we'll poetry. Just, let's I like it. Let's rebrand. That's what I'm there uh, for. <laughs> so their question is: Hello, fellas. Question for you regarding Toreg. What does gender look like in this world's various societies? Analogous to this world with relative binary and various non-binary smatterings. Ternary, quaternary, something else. I adore you both, but this is a big question.
0: Good question. And it will probably take a whole episode to delve into it the way it should probably be discussed.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's look at it from from ways to address this in your world maybe we don't yeah. necessarily have to define it on toreg today but so the concept there, of one, gender at your table mm-hmm. and and so like what i've done with salt marsh for example is that it is um relevant but non-questioned right so like Button has created a character who is they them Mm -hmm. um, and that is accepted by the world around them yeah Um, it's not something that is like fought against or combated and that's loaded in its own way Um, yes it's really interesting when you're discussing these sorts of things because it's critically important to understand that so it's it's great wonderful Josh that you've made a space where these things don't have to be questioned but that in and of itself is a fantasy because Um, People who identify non-binary face um, adversity on a day-to-day basis and Mm -hmm. refusal to acknowledge that, which means that the world and the kind of perspective I've created for this is not realistic. So are you going to explore that or not is a huge question. Um, And how are you going to explore it? And you really have to consider those things when you're talking about gender in D&D. Yeah because that also varies from society to society too I could have a culture moving forward that when if they were um, introduced to this concept of like they them or another non-binary gender identity um, they would push back on it Um, and that could be different from group to group on a planet as well so you have to like what scale are you addressing it how are you addressing it yeah how are your players
0: okay you? with the way you might address it in the future?
1: That's really the most important.
0: If they part. come up against someone who doesn't agree with what gender they've assigned themselves, is that going to be an issue with the characters? Is that going to be an issue with the players? Is that going to be something everyone's comfortable addressing? Mm-hmm. Um, I Very would say, important. as a DM, you are running the game for the people at your table. Yes. And if they have a specific gender that either they are addressed as or their character is addressed as. I don't think anyone's ever had a problem with a guy playing a female character or vice versa. But if it's someone who is specifically transgendered as a character mm-hmm. and their own personal preference rubs up against uh, the players or the DM's personal preference rubs up against the uh, the ideal for the character, that would be a bad table to sit at. And I know it's a hard thing to say, but these biases are incredibly hard for people to overcome.
1: And very, very real. Yes. Like you can't assume they don't exist because they sure as hell do.
0: Yes. And that is that is the the hard fact of this whole thing, is that while it, it shouldn't be a problem, for a lot of people it is. And... I think and that once, has to be brought up first.
1: Agreed. And once you've overcome it, or or figured out a way to deal with it, the point that Sean makes, then how do you address it in the world you're looking at? Yes. Um, that, that's very complicated as well. I've had conversations with Butt regarding, you know, um, placing, placing non-binary characters, so on and so forth, in my world, and not making it a trope. Um, yes it it needs to it, it can't be a ploy right it can't be a reason to hey look at this thing i put in here it needs to be valid and real and respectful um and so it's it's very interesting um yeah to to and it's also very hard like straight i am a straight white man uh, and and I that comes with so much privilege and bias and taught knowledge that consistently causes me to make failings um, in regards to these. Even this conversation is a difficult conversation we're having here to like make sure that I can I'm, barely
0: listen to you. You're so yeah. up your own ass about it. Yeah, <laughs> 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 screw you. <laughs>
1: um, it's it's very difficult to to address. Um, so you yeah. constantly have to check yourself. And be aware yes. of yourself
0: you have to make sure make sure you're not speaking uh, mm-hmm. out of place for a group of people you don't technically represent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and that is that is something that uh, is a struggle in real life <laughs> as well as possibly at one of these tables. You don't want to have uh, a character in your campaign that is non-binary and then have them act in a way that is offensive too non-binary individuals um that is a very good point
1: it's also a fantastic way to learn about other people's perspectives though and to improve yourself um i've i've learned many things i've made mistakes uh and and individuals who are kind and gracious enough to call me on that and check me on that have been fantastic Uh,
0: i will say this actually from the other perspective uh from the other like side of this argument if there are people who are not um they don't have as much exposure to playing with non-binary people not necessarily that they have a problem or an issue with it they just haven't been exposed to that sort of aspect of life Mm -hmm. and but they're willing to like they have no problem with it be patient with those people if they accidentally you know slip and say the wrong pronoun or the wrong term don't you know accuse them of you know attacking your character or your ideals or your um don't try and take it so personally they may have just made
1: a stupid brainless mistake um a painful just, one that you're valid one. in being hurt in yeah but i'm also. not
0: saying you can't feel hurt yeah. by it i'm just saying like try and understand that this is a new thing for them and try yes. and be that guiding force it's like just a simple reminder uh this is the pronoun they use you could just try it going forward and if yeah. that becomes an issue then obviously that needs to be addressed fully with the party but i think very accurate yeah as someone who has had those issues in the past where i just am stupid and think after i say things it, it was nice to have people go just a reminder this is the pronoun. i'm like my bad i apologize
1: And it's very difficult to unlearn things that you have been fed for a long period of time um and it can become even harder when you stigmatize it around yourself and refuse to like look at it and be critical of it because of the response you've gotten initially Mm -hmm. people corner themselves up uh and, and start building walls which is which is difficult so it's a very very tricky thing to uh yeah to address but I think we're going to have to talk about this topic like as a whole episode yeah. in and of itself.
0: How it's so treated across the planet and in society as a whole episode.
1: And we'll have to bring in some perspectives of people who are far some better informed than us. Yeah. Oh
0: my god, that would be a massive failure if we just talked in a room closed by ourselves
1: two white dudes Ooh. on a podcast just going I would okay listen well to be, that be episode. like this because i know everything i would my support for this podcast yeah i would be like okay we need to stop bye bye <laughs> um so look forward to that in the future where we'll bring somebody who really knows this topic and to really yep. teach us all fully fully, awesome. fully so next question uh is from obscure for the world another one of our friends um great person uh cosplayer over on tiktok and they say what's up fellas peter here josh is familiar i'm obscure for the world on tiktok and a gracious friend of button who told me about hey uh, look at that take a look at our podcast so hey look small world thanks guys we appreciate it (laughs) it um unsure when it would organically fit but i would love to hear you two talk about how you come up with the criminal underbelly of a region or a city or whatever scale Also, can you please make the space chicken follower say, may the yoke be with you. Loving (laughs) this so much, and can't wait to get dumped on again, your loyal dumpy.
0: (laughs) Hey. That's a weird name Uh, for our fans to choose for themselves.
1: (laughs) Loyal, I mean, dumpies dump all over me. I really like, uh, may the yoke be with you. That's really good. uh, That's, that's fantastic. Thank you, Scary. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, so the question in here is, um, how do we... How? What's your process for, for the Criminal Underbelly?
0: Um, I mean, it depends on the place you're building for. Is it like a massive city? Is it like a town? Is it uh, mm-hmm. like a little riverside village? Um, the size of the organization has to meet the size of the city it's in, the size of the region it's in first. And then you have to look at it from a perspective of what is valuable in this place? Is it mm. like, is someone smuggling things in and out of a super locked down city important? Because then that's like key criminal underbelly as smugglers, people who can sneak stuff in and out, sneak people in and out. Um, is it an incredibly like wealthy town with a lot of rich people that can get stolen from? Or... Is it, I don't know, like a den of crime? Is the entire city just, the underbelly is above ground? Those are my favorite cities usually. <laughs> Wherever one knows what's up.
1: Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, these guys are. Those guys are, suck. Yeah, don't go in charge. Them. Mafia. Mm-hmm. I think another thing, and this is a very popular fantasy trope, is the scale is, is there a thieves guild? And is this a national organization? The moment that like it turns into like a guild or some sort of organization, there's a political structure. There has yeah, to be a political structure. So the bigger these organizations get, um, I really like the concept of a democracy of thieves uh, as an idea. And I feel like we should put that in it's our- Sounds like Robin Hood. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only they are truly like out for themselves. It's a democracy of people who just want to like rob everyone blind. And there's no like- That's pretty funny. There's no can, goodness, but they the do most. do democratic vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's right. Really cool. Um, but like so what is like the political structure of a larger organization how do they communicate with each other between cities um all that kind of stuff you know what i mean like that's that's really important to define and it ties back into sean's point
0: how publicly visible are they are they Mm -hmm. completely unheard of like they're ghosts in the society are there rumors like oh yeah they say there's this one cloaked man who's doing all this crime but it's really like 90 people all dressing as the same guy being everywhere at once is it like you know they have a a symbol that shows up at the place of crime or that people know to look out for and like thieves can't mm-hmm. or is it literally like the mafia like oh that's the Don no one can touch him the guards are afraid to go near his house and he basically runs the guards for the city
1: or again contexting are you in a um a political a city which has a politically oppressive regime in control and the thieves are the good guys like what is what is yeah what is your yeah like there's so much there's like some the big questions to ask that. the resistance the
0: underbelly like doesn't mean it's all thieves and you know criminals it could just mean these are the secret good guys
1: yeah and i think that's really when we say the criminal element it really is like it's not criminal it's the um the underbelly yeah
0: which well the people in charge of the city determine what is criminal mm-hmm. that's true that determines what the criminal underbelly looks like yes. if they determine that helping your neighbor is a criminal act then there's going to be an underground resistance of helpers
1: who are criminals
0: yeah technically criminals yeah i don't know that's an interesting way to look at it, is whatever power is in charge and what they dictate as being illegal um could be could be a good thing not a bad thing
1: it's an awesome way to create intrigue as well because a lot of the time superficially the party is going to see the power structure as good yeah until they get some context and when they get that context then they're gonna go oh we've been working for the wrong people yes
0: we've been hired to stop these criminals but turns out hey, they're just trying to get by.
1: Yeah, they just want to and live their lives.
0: The guards are literally hunting them like murderers, but they just stole bread and trying to live their lives.
1: Yeah. Um, that's really popular. Like, that's done all the time in d and Yeah, there really is
0: a lot of that. Um, not to say that it's bad or overused. It's just it is a very commonly used trope because it is so effective. Um, I would also say you have to re- you have to determine whether or not they are the only underbelly or if there's multiple people in that underbelly sharing that space um, multiple different sort of organizations competing for the same mm-hmm. res- or uh, not retail same resource yes well
1: kind of or space like their territories like I'm there's so I, I'm there.
0: literally just blanking on a word
1: We can cut this.
0: I know. That's why I'm just sitting here trying to think of the words so I don't sound like an insane person. You get an agent to help you buy a house. Real estate. Real estate. They're trying to share the same real estate. Who? wow. I think I need to go lay down. That was (laughs) bad. (laughs) Sorry if it just cut real hard. I just spent five minutes trying to think of a single word
1: was not that good. That was Anyways, real estate.
0: Real estate. They're trying to share a limited amount of real
1: estate. Gotcha, gotcha. That's good. Cool. Um, the other thing to consider is, what are your players bringing to the table? That's always, like always. Oh. hugely important. Somebody's gonna be like, I want to be the rogue thief, master thief. Okay, what do they need in order to be that rogue master thief? What are your criminal contacts? Because that's Their a game roles. mechanic. right? Like There are elements of classes and subclasses that are wholly dependent upon that criminal element as well so yeah sometimes there's conversation involved
0: there's also a background um stuff like Mm, criminal spy um, Mm. faction agent stuff like that um oh
1: very important very a lot of the time you build that out on the fly right or tie it to existing yeah um, or
0: like the person comes in saying this is the probably the most uh common one like oh i was doing some stuff and then i pissed off the underground of this specific city and now i'm hunted so yeah. you would have to build out that underbelly based on them looking for this person for some reason yeah um it'd also be interesting like a little experiment to build a city from the underbelly up start with the crime start literally start with like what its underbelly looks like and then build above it and see what that turns into we could do that for funsies sounds like a fun little experiment we should try
1: Maybe our tiefling city is, is built that way. Maybe
0: no, that. those are good. Don't, don't put that on the
1: tieflings. It can still have, it can still have a criminal <laughs> underground. <laughs> put that on the orcs. Things are complete. Wow, poor <laughs> orcs. You leave those orcs alone, <laughs> sir. Kidding. How dare you? Yeah. Or maybe our elven, elven capital, whatever that looks like. That could be interesting, too. Oof, a be place hilarious. that's been around for that long. That would have that the problem. extent. That's
0: how they got like an under gut. Yeah, under <laughs> under, under beer belly.
1: It's it's uh, it's a whole thieves city underneath it. Under punch. Could be under punch. <laughs> I hate it. I like it a little bit. Oh my gosh. Well, I think that's the end of our question, Sean. Unless you have I anything else you sh- do want. Shit, dang, Jesus Christ, Josh. Holy butt sorry, stuff.
0: Sorry to swear on the podcast like that. How.
1: I, I'm out. That's it for me. You My know inner I don't, sailor abby, by just swearing. came to
0: the surface and decided How? to give your ears a full cussin. How
1: fucking dare you?
0: How gish dang darn Jesus dare Jesus you?
1: Jesus, dare, uh, You dare Jesus. Dare I'm sorry to bring
0: uh, Jesus into this. Everybody who's yeah. listening and likes Jesus. <laughs>
1: this is a pal of, of Jesus. Hey, if anybody hey. else had questions like these questions that we just heard, these phenomenal, fantastic questions. friend. fantastic great questions? So good. What what would they do, Sean?
0: Well, they would they would go log on to uh www.iwanttoemailsomebody.com. They would get into their emails. Do not go to that website, please. <laughs> www. uh give me fake Uh <laughs> or log into whatever email you happen to have at the time. Uh, uh-huh. then you would send uh, one of your uh, emails, your classic questions in email form to at Lord questions dot gmail or at gmail dot com not dot gmail dot com. That's a bad site. don't go there.
1: Yeah, don't go there. And then we they would they would hit it.
0: send and send it to us. and oh, then would we would answer. read it and put it on the show. And if is, they, is
1: there another way no, to do that? That's it. The
0: only way is email. I'm
1: sorry. Ah, okay. No You're right. We, we got oh, rid of our social media. This just
0: did. just did. Actually, we just got them back. Uh, we've just oh, been they're... unbanned from Instagram and Twitter after, you know, that thing. That thing, that that thing you did? The yeah, thing with
1: the, the ducks? Yeah. That was not. <laughs> well, okay. okay. They weren't supposed to be ducks. Anyways. They were, though. How, how dare you?
0: That's not what I ordered. So, <laughs> <laughs> we are also at Instagram and Twitter at the lore dump Uh, and you can go ahead and send your questions there you can go ahead and follow us for all our scheduling updates and all the big announcements Um, we just released actually I'm not going to tell you what episode we just released because that will tell you how far behind we are (laughs) (laughs) we just finished releasing episodes
1: cut we (laughs) we definitely just released episode 6 because that was the episode before this one right just yeah just recently, mm-hmm. yeah, and that just was the episode within really the last two
0: weeks. Um, so that horn is actually up on D Beyond from that episode, uh, and before mm. that, there was Spice. the Storm Ascendant Dragon, Dragon the yes. Ascendant Storm Dragon, that is also up on D Beyond. If you want to go check That's those out, um, we're also in the talks to put this this whole little world we're building out on some sort of uh, consumable platform where you guys can go look at it if you need to reference something, but. Mm-hmm. That's probably further out because that seems like more work. Yeah,
1: it really does. It does. Thank you to all of our loyal dumpies. Um, you have I been like dumped that. on. I
0: don't know if I like that for being the name of the people we have. Yeah, listening I don't to know sparkles. either. Oh, I'm a huge dumpy. You're a dumpy? I'm a huge dumpy, dude. I love a little dump.
1: You know, since you've said you don't like it, that that is going to be it. No.
0: Um, I prefer... I'm going to put it to an audience vote. Here's what we're going to do. All right. So, the fans for the podcast can either be called Dumpies or uh Josh's biggest fan club ever. Okay. Those are the two options and there's no more and bye everybody. By real real, no, bye. No, real, 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 real second. Bye. Real did you know that?
1: No, no. Okay, what do you want to say? Doo 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 doo. Don't let them fool you. This isn't the music. What do you want to say, Josh? What? Oh <laughs> I thought we were out. <laughs> nope. Uh dumpies or Dumpsters. Dumpsters? You yeah. wanna call our fans dumpsters? dumpsters.
0: <laughs> Lord dumpsters.
1: Welcome to the dumpsters. Our little Welcome receptacles. That's what we dumpsters. can call them.
0: Our little receptacles.
1: Boo 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 do it do do do